0: Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson. Joining me is Amber Stewart. Hi, Amber. Hello. This is minute number 71, the 71st minute, from 1 hour, 10 minutes, and 0 seconds in to 1 hour, 10 minutes, and 59 seconds in. In this minute, come and knock on our door. <coughs> Helen and Blanc take us back to the beginning, the very beginning, beginning of the plot, beginning of the movie um we're back at the start what did you think of this minute
1: oh i absolutely loved it it really was a twist for me when i saw it um for the first time oh yeah uh, i did not
0: see this coming at all
1: no not at all and uh, if we talk about mystery movies in general uh, and if people have listened to my minutes on uh, knives out minute they'll know that i am not great at unraveling mysteries <laughs> I enjoy following mysteries, but I'm always like, you know, kind of the the person in the audience, like, ooh, and like clapping for the detective. <laughs> I'm not uncovering anything. So this was a great shock for me and very exciting to move forward from. You
0: know, I think that's also a, a good way to watch mysteries. Like there are people who watch and the whole time, I mean, a lot of mystery fans are this way the whole time. They're trying to figure it out trying Mm -hmm. to figure the twists out trying to figure out the who done it and then they're just watching and letting it wash over you and letting it surprise you and purposefully purposefully you know not putting your brain down those paths and just kind of letting it happen exactly i gotta i gotta say i am often more a kind of a trying to figure out as i go but it it never even occurred to me that this would be a thing (laughs) but i just it didn't even i didn't even think like I wonder if that's really her. I, I, mm-hmm. It never occurred to me to ask the question, which I should be more asking those kinds of questions after watching the last one, which I know has not the same kind of twist, but mm-hmm. twist of that caliber. And and I totally wasn't. This this got me. This caught me.
1: It's true. And I'm of the opinion that if you can see a twist coming, it doesn't mean that the film or whatever you're watching is poorly written it just means that it maybe wasn't written for you if that makes sense you know yeah, or
0: you're just or you're in tune with it like that could be your you know i i know some people who are you know who are um again who like read mysteries Mm -hmm. and and they see stuff coming because it's like things they've read before and they like that it's not necessarily a bad thing It's. For them, that's part of the joy. They see, yeah, you know, and they figured out that, that might be a thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is um, as a fan of BBC Sherlock. <laughs> uh, I think this was something that maybe Stephen Moffat or Mark Gatiss said about writing the mysteries. Was that it was one of the more difficult aspects of writing the show because you had to inhabit the mind of like, you know, the world's greatest detective and you had to be a little bit smarter than him in order for him to unravel that mystery. Mm -hmm. So their focus, what they did to kind of overcome that hurdle was shift the focus more into this is a story about a detective. And I think what I really enjoy one about knives out and now about glass onion is I think Ryan Johnson balances the two very well. I think it's, a mystery that you can enjoy and try to untangle or just let wash over you and go along for the ride like me. And it's also the story about this detective and how he approaches the mystery and the people that are wrapped up in it and what he does. And so there's just two really great parallel, but also somehow entwined tracks. I don't like a DNA. (laughs) I can
0: can definitely see that here. And well, you, If you care about the characters, if you care about Blanc Mm -hmm. and you care about uh, what's going to happen to at least at least one or two of the people besides Blanc. You know, in the first movie, Marta was a really compelling character Mm -hmm. and you cared about Marta, even if you even if you figured stuff out, Mm -hmm. however much you figured out, you figured out everything or maybe who the ultimate killer was probably going to be. No, mm-hmm. you know, I, I won't spell it here. But if if you uh, figured that out, you still care enough about Marta that the story is compelling and you still want to watch the story, whether it's a, however however mysterious it may seem to you at the time. Exactly. It's still interesting. It's still a compelling story. And yeah, I would agree. I think uh, Blanc is a compelling character and, and that's, uh, Holmes is real tough on that score because um, in the original stories, most of them you as a reader don't even have a chance to figure it out like very often Holmes figures it out (laughs) by things that you're not even privy to Mm -hmm. like at the end Holmes will tell you how he figured things out and that's when you're presented with a lot of the clues Christie was much more like the Poirot stories are much more like you get a chance you get Mm -hmm. a chance to figure it out it's much more a feature of those stories and um there was more of that, and BBC Sherlock had a little more of that. It gave you a little more of a chance if you weren't already familiar with the stories, which certainly yes. also helped. Um, and uh, uh, the, the the American show, uh, Elementary, was even more, mm-hmm. like, more like a standard mystery where you'd have a chance to figure things out. Usually they would give you the clues, you could put it together. Um, but yeah, e- even if you do, I think these movies are, even if you do... It's still a compelling movie. It's still a compelling story with compelling characters. You still want to watch, even if you didn't figure it out. But, but again, like you, I, 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 did, I was kind of trying to figure it out, and I, I didn't see this coming at all.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, even when I thought, oh, is the twist that Andy is actually the one who reached out to Blanc still didn't. <laughs> I was like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> yeah.
0: up, up until, and including this, because this is, this is after we've had Duke die yes. yes i i really was thinking up until around now oh someone is someone right now is trying to kill miles mm-hmm. and i really thought uh i really thought someone's gonna shoot miles and that's when the what is the mystery finally gonna start <laughs> and then it wasn't until you know really this the next couple of minutes here where I re- where you, it's revealed you find out no, the murder, murder has already happened mm-hmm. the fact that it's happened has been hidden not just from you but from the rest of the world and which is also how part of the show game works you weren't trying to figure out who Andy was because we all assumed that these people were people they who were here were. and yeah. one of them was going to die at least and one of them was going to be a killer at least mm-hmm. but no this is where we find out well, that's true. there there are some things cinematically about this minute that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, this is a really a mirror of the first minute of the opening to the movie where there's the fugue is playing mm-hmm. and it's black and we have a knock on the door. And then the door opens and someone lets us in. Someone's delivering a box. Mm-hmm. And we meet another, you know, we meet one of the primary characters or two. And, well, in this case, it was mm-hmm. a white door instead of a black door. Mm-hmm. Um, the partner of the important character answered instead of the important character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very personal this time it's personal. It was a personal delivery. (laughs) Yes. um, Where it wasn't like a delivery, you know, person. Much less Um, polished
1: all around. Just from uh Hugh Grant as Philip (laughs) answering the door, completely just destroyed in terms of baking materials all over him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. He was
0: like he had a jar of something in his hand. I don't know what was that like get
1: there, would you You're not in the bath again, are you? No. Yeah. Uh... Can I help you? Yes. Is, Is this Benoit Blanc's residence? Um, what is this regarding? Well, his office was closed, and I really need to speak with him. It's urgent. Please. Blanc?
0: There's someone here for you with a ball. That might have been sourdough starter. Yeah, I, if he was I think with my assumption he
1: was, was that Philip fell victim to the bread baking craze <laughs> that consumed so many of us <laughs> during those early sense. stages of the pandemic. And it was just not going well I mean, for him. And that was flour
0: <laughs> on his apron. I think his so, yeah. I fr- When I first saw this, I thought he was maybe like, sculpting or painting or something but i think mm-hmm. you're right i think he was baking i think that yeah i think that jar was a jar of sourdough starter, yeah which I think is it was very pandemic hair, too.
1: it was just yeah. everywhere <laughs> yeah
0: it it's an apartment not a mansion mm-hmm. um even there there so there's like something on like he's in the middle he's got an apron on and he's in the middle of um of of an activity but whereas like he's doing that and he's like messy
1: mm-hmm. when
0: uh Claire at the beginning answered the door. She was in the middle of having her makeup done or doing her makeup, and yes. she was looking all fancy for the TV cam, or at least from the waist up for the TV cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, an apartment not a mansion. The household is very quiet and pensive instead mm-hmm. of like bustle of activity. Um, Hugh Grant does not even bother to cover his face at all. He's just like, yeah, yeah what's up? <laughs> he's he's he looks very tired and 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 done with everything. Yeah, I think he's frazzled
1: um, beyond belief. <laughs>
0: Our partnership before it was a very heteronormative. It was a politician's house. Mm-hmm. Here we have two roommates
1: in quote marks. <laughs> oh my they, God, they don't they say anything about
0: they don't say <laughs> about their relationship. But I did. I did laugh. But he called he called Benoit Blanc Blanc. Yes, which would be like like everyone calls him Blanc. Even right? his partner calls him
1: Blanc. I also thought that was just so like British of them. Even though oh yeah, in yeah. this Blanc is southern. Hugh Grant as Philip, I think he's using his regular speaking He's voice. using his regular accent, So, I yeah, think. he yeah. comes across as very British, which is like, you know, oh, yeah, even my partner, you know, you call them by their last name. That's very, like, British, you know, public school, <laughs> a little buttoned up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I could believe he was in it. I I wonder if we'll ever do a mystery of, like, they meet. Um, I would we'll love that. be a feature that. of it or recall for it. That would be kind of fun. Um, and then we find out that the person we thought was Andy all along is actually Helen, Andy's
1: sister. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we start at the beginning? My name is Helen Brand, and I came all the way here from Alabama. Mm -hmm.
0: And that she is Mm -hmm. she came all the way here from Alabama to get to Blanc
1: yeah and that which... was yeah that was the other thing up until um she introduces herself near the end of our minute I thought okay Andy is in disguise you know because yeah everything we've seen from her before What's Andy
0: playing at? yeah
1: she's very <laughs> polished her hair is completely different uh yeah the the character that we see now is disheveled, you know, kind of also flustered and looking at a very flustered Philip, yeah. you know, and clutching this box in like a, a way that's like, it's a little too heavy for her. She can't quite manage it, but <laughs> she's not going to drop it. God forbid. So it's, Yeah. It was like who what's what are you playing at here? What's going on? I'm like, something it, is up.
0: <laughs> and I when she said who she was and I mm-hmm. realized, oh, this is how Blanc got involved I realized that I have been very misdirected and the entire time I was asking myself, Who's gonna try and kill Miles? And the really important question was, who got Blanc involved? Because I I had just you know, I knew that he hadn't gotten an official invite from mm-hmm. Or he had gotten it, but maybe secondhand. The official invite from Miles. But it it honestly never occurred to me that he was lying about solving the box. Yeah. Uh, Which obviously he was, because he saw it already, you know, hammered to death. (laughs) And and that it hadn't been done by... You know, that it was Andy, but also not Andy. It's Helen who had Mm -hmm. gotten him involved. I really thought, like miles had done if it was lying about it obviously what we know about miles that's not accurate because he doesn't have that kind of brain mm-hmm. um, he's not smart enough to lie about it that way that convincingly or that one of them did it because they thought someone was going to be like there was something bad was going to happen and of mm-hmm. course by now you know that's not the case if someone had stopped and like stopped the movie right before this and said to me mm-hmm. who do you think brought miles here Maybe I would have gotten, I wouldn't have thought this, I would have thought twin sister, but I brought Bonk (laughs) here, but maybe I would have like gotten closer to what was going on, but I I didn't, it never occurred to me.
1: No, Uh, and I think they, they very skillfully uh, danced past that where, you know, in hindsight, you see Blanc led miles down the road of how did he get invited to this island By being like, you know, I received this box. He's like, oh, yeah, someone sent, you know, it's uh, this, you know, uh, your honor, witness leading. (laughs) 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 He definitely got him to say exactly what he was trying to get him to say. It was very well done. I think just more proof that Blanc is very good at personal interaction just on another level just beyond (laughs) being able to suss out crimes and it's because he understands people and how they think
0: yeah even even more than knives out this Mm -hmm. made very clear that one of blanc's i guess blanc has two powers you know one is his his deductive and inductive reasoning he he understands um he can unlock a mystery. He can uh, he can solve puzzles. That's one thing, but the other is he knows people and he understands people and mm-hmm. what they want. And that that came in and knives out too. His 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 interest in wanting to talk to all of the characters, including the people that no one else cared about or listened to, mm-hmm. and his understanding of them and getting them to talk to him like that was important. And I wonder if that's also why he talks about not liking puzzle games and how he often Mm -hmm. he doesn't do well in puzzle games, which Mm -hmm. he finds really irritating. (laughs) And I think that's because it only plays to one half of his strengths, which is the puzzle solving stuff, but it's not just the puzzle solving stuff. He's good at. He's good at people.
1: Yes, exactly. Which is very difficult. You know, if you're not good at people, sometimes you're just not good at them and you don't understand why they do the things they do, and it makes it difficult yeah. to unravel the rest of the puzzle. So, yeah, just first-rate first detective. <laughs> yeah, he's,
0: if I, the more I think about it, the more I think if I were going to liken him to another famous detective, it might actually be Miss Marple, the, yes. the character that, that people underestimate uh, because of the way she comes off. And then, uh, and which people kind of do with him, even despite oh, yeah. the, despite the great various detective thing, people still kind of tend to underestimate him because of the way he portrays himself. And then, he talks to people, and they let things slip. And uh, if you, if you, anyone listening, if you don't know Miss Marple, if you know murder, she wrote. Oh.
1: Yes.
0: Basically the same concept. I mean, she's like, what if Miss Marple was a mystery writer? Like, what if Miss mm-hmm. Marple and Agatha Christie were the same person? Is kind of. Oh, yeah. The of murder, she wrote.
1: That's such a good um, comparison. I hadn't thought about it, but now that you said it, it's like, yes, not only do people underestimate both Blanc and Miss Marple, even though, you know, Blanc has solved many a crime, apparently, yeah. or at least many a mystery and is world famous for this, people still underestimate him somehow. And both he and Miss Marple play into that. They allow yeah. people to underestimate them. They don't try to puff up, especially not Miss Marple. You know, she's very aware of in British society how people are going to treat an older woman mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, questioning gently about these series of mysterious circumstances happening. So she's like, Oh, I'm just a dotty old lady, you know. Well, and then they both have that kind of columbo, oh just one more question that right, they're right. like, oh, slip in. a good example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That yeah. absolutely seals it and people are like, Oh, I've given the game away. And sometimes they realize it and sometimes they don't. <laughs> but he really knows how to everything. play up
0: the 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 southernness, mm-hmm. the sort of country fried. Oh yeah, simple country
1: lawyer is yeah, how I yeah, think of his yeah. accent.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there are there are definitely times where if he had suspenders, he would have his thumbs that are the suspenders and be rubbing them up and down. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: God, I need that in Knives Out Three. I need Blanc to wear suspenders and just to, you know, gently pull on him to show that he's contemplating. And people are like, yeah, yeah, he gets it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matlock is another uh, Mm -hmm. is another corollary. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed the. uh, The, you know, getting the way they did a back at the beginning Mm -hmm. sort of flip to it. And also, we only see a little bit of it, but um, Janelle Monet we see the beginning of it here, does a great job. Oh, yeah. As Helen, um, seems like much less her, um, you know, an- the way that she speaks when she's Andy seems much more like her usual accent and, and tone, her, like her mm-hmm. usual voice. But I totally bought her as Helen from Alabama. And it yeah. did also, they do this for us upcoming, I think, but it did also immediately. I began rethinking all of the scenes of her as, as Andy and, like, oh no, she was stony and silent because that yeah, was hello to let, yeah, yeah, that
1: Alabama accent slip. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I will say, I. I was a classics major, and and having the characters be named Helen and Cassandra, who are... They're not... Helen is a twin in Mm -hmm. in Greek mythology. Helen was a twin. Her, Her twin is named Clytemnestra, who we... I'm not surprised it didn't have that be uh, Andy's actual yeah. name. <laughs> would have been too little, far. <laughs> oh, not, not Nessie?
1: Yeah, Nessie's not a yeah. good enough nickname. <laughs>
0: uh, but obviously so Cassandra's also in the myth. If anyone listening, if if you don't know, he, you probably know, Helen is the is the is the is the queen who gets kidnapped that starts the Trojan War. Mm-hmm. She's the most beautiful woman and it starts the war. Clytemnestra is her sister, and she is married to Agamemnon, who was the head king of the Greeks. He's the mm-hmm. most royal head of the army, really. And then Cassandra is a Trojan princess who is cursed by Apollo because they. because uh, he's, a, he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, cursed by Apollo to. it's a long story, but cursed by Apollo to know the future. But never be believed. So she's constantly giving (laughs) prophecies saying what's going to happen, and no one believes her, despite the fact that it keeps happening. Like, they just still refuse to listen to her. So, in the end, Cassandra is taken by Agamemnon. Spoilers for the Iliad. Cassandra (laughs) is taken by Agamemnon after the war is all done, 10 years of war. Cassandra is taken by Agamemnon back to Mycenae, his city. And he does not know how angry his wife is at him for all of his being a total jerk and philandering, especially. (laughs) So he walks in with Cassandra back home. Cassandra knows exactly what's going to happen. And Clytemnestra murders them both. Yeah. And
1: interesting,
0: <laughs> some and and he's everyone thinks he's so lucky. He's like he's like the one guy who made it back in time. Like Odysseus takes ten years, yeah, and um, not gets back like the next week. He's like really really quick, and then he gets murdered like immediately. And his son, Orestes, years later, um when he realizes he understands what has happened, he kills his mother for killing his father, and then is haunted by the Furies. And there's a whole. Really awesome cycle about that. But the point is, Cassandra, brilliant, not respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, kind of putting together Cassandra and character in here. You know, done, done wrong by the big king. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of like Helen uh, gets a chance to be... To be the the avenging angel, um, I like yeah, that. Helen, yeah. uh, beautiful. Also, not respected. So there is, I don't, kind of really. If you're if you're into the Iliad, if you if you like Homer, there's a real satisfaction to seeing uh, uh, Helen uh, be the person who brings down the murderer of both Cassandra and her sister, who here are the same exactly.
1: Person. And uh, uh, part, yeah. is you know. Is Miles Island a Greek island? Am yes, mis- it is. Oh yes. wow! <laughs> I thought I was misremembering. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no,
0: they all. And all of this takes place in an island in Greece.
1: How so, outstanding! I, wow. I mean,
0: this is all intended. <laughs> if I, if I, uh, maybe if I, if i have been a better host than more prep work, <laughs> I bet I could find other, um, other illusions and other people's names. To, to this, to Homer in general, or Homer specifically, and mythology in general. But yeah, I definitely think that was all. And that this is all, like, about a king being brought down mm-hmm. um, because of his disrespect for the women in his life and his philandering and his general, like, BS.
1: Yeah. Um, wow, I really like that. Himself. That's a whole layer... I mean, I read, you know, portions of the Iliad in like high school, I think, for like AP English. So it's been a minute and it's really, really cool to now have this aspect to go back and watch the movie again <laughs> and see what else <laughs> I can pick up on. That's really cool. Love it. And it
0: might be, I, I don't know, but also Helen's husband is Menelaus, maybe Miles Braun. Maybe there's like a...
1: Hmm. mildest of illusions but um ryan johnson let us know
0: <laughs> i have cur- i wonder if this is i should look at this couple of interviews if he's like talked about the classical illusions in this because just with helen being a twin like automatically yeah. there's there's something there you
1: I, mean like some sort of onion perhaps with layers. indeed a like glass
0: onion <laughs> um though in, in this case one where there's actually something at the core that ha- that says mm-hmm. something unlike Unlike the glass onion that Miles constructed, which is just right? layers of of, of BS. Yeah. That, uh, there's I'm... nothing really at the center. Yeah,
1: hopefully just not like a minotaur at like the center of this onion. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll, if only there were a monster. <laughs> um,
1: the monster were the, was the friends we made all along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the monster, yes. <laughs>
1: Does uh, that work? Is that good?
0: <laughs> is there... I don't know if I have anything else I would point out oh. about this minute I mean, the, the two big things that don't doubt at me or that I want to talk about were the the mirrors to the first minute the the mythological reference and and just Janelle Monet is awesome
1: mm-hmm. I think it's nice to see yes with Janelle Monet's acting uh people just seeing that she has a, a range a real wide range so yeah this is, I think, just a great showcase of everything she can do and, you know, not to spoil, but in upcoming minutes, just also physical comedy that she can do in addition to being the regular comedy or just or a dramatic uh, aspect of it. Um, something I, I did also notice or that jumped out to me at this minute with, you know, Helen versus Andy starting to be like, okay... Now that I know that this is a separate person entirely than who we thought it was before. Yeah. It is interesting again, as a twin, how Helen dresses just the complete opposite of Andy where her clothes are all soft. They're all in muted colors. Yeah. And Helen wears like very sharp outfits. They usually tend to be darker colors. Um, Andy's hair is like in that sort of severe bob And I think it's also dyed and very likely knowing most black women, it is a wig or at the, you know, if it's not a wig, it's something that you have to maintain and upkeep a lot in order to keep it that way. Uh, Whereas Andy has what appears to be natural hair again, could be a wig, but it's, it's a deliberate choice to have natural hair, especially being a teacher in Alabama I think is a way to show that as a black woman, you're like comfortable with who you are to be like, I'm not trying to change my appearance or myself for you. I am simply, you know, I'm Helen. I am who I am. This is what I look like. And this is how I prefer to dress. And I was like, okay, so we're getting already just the tone of this character being like, I'm not, she's not trying to fit herself into no pun intended, a box to like fit a corporate mold of uh, right. This is what a businesswoman looks like. She's like, no, yeah. I'm Helen. <laughs> I am who I am.
0: She also, and this, I. Two things to listeners. One, I am I am a white dude, and <laughs> I don't know anything. And and two is that, um, like I like I am not very hip to changes in fashion or hair, <laughs> but I did grow up a lot of the 90s i was born in 1980 mm-hmm. and she has what reminded me of like a very whitney houston when mm-hmm. whitney houston was at the height like that kind of like wave her
1: yeah. hair has
0: in the front reminded me of like early mid-90s pop singer sort of it looked like yeah. she, it looked like she um had kind of like found her look at her persona young yes and that was who she was
1: yes exactly i would have loved to see you know photos of young andy and helen together to see if helen maybe not helen andy always straightened her hair and helen always had hers curly like what you know just how do they distinguish themselves as twins right did they I'm, I'm imagining always andy has these... like
0: a different hairstyle every year and yeah. helen is just Helen from like 1991 on looks Mm -hmm.
1: like that. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yes, and yeah, as as a biracial woman, this is just something that I tend to notice when there are people of color on screen. Um, Hollywood in particular is only just now starting to really work with the vast expanse of black hairstyles available. Um, Yeah, there's a lot that, actors have spoken out about particularly black women have spoken out about having to do their own hair and makeup on set because the makeup artists didn't have proper foundation for them they didn't know how to manage their hair properly so they were like damaging it with heat and things like that so you know and makeup artists to be on set have to be trained a certain way and they weren't looking for or hiring people who had experience with black or naturally curly hair. So it is just very interesting to me to be like, okay, this is not only a character choice, but it also lets me know something about the production that, you know, they had this in mind to be like, we need to showcase all these different types of people and the way they present themselves. And we need to do it. Well, like Helen's hair is, you know, big and it's kind of poofy, but it doesn't look messy. It doesn't look tangled or, you know, unkempt or anything. It's just, yeah, she's got the big, she saw Whitney Houston with that hairstyle. And she said, <laughs> yes, that is for me. That's who I am. And that's what her hair looks like. It's styled that way. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. I like that. It's uh, a little bit how <laughs> when I, when you watch um, the black Panther movies and you see all the different hairstyles that they cut, they do, for like the vast, you know, expanse of uh, actors they have. I'm like this is so neat to see this on screen and see it portrayed so well. It was just very exciting.
0: I did, I love the 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 continuity between the different tribes having each of them has like an aesthetic.
1: Yes, yeah. That you
0: see run through like pretty much all of the people from even when you only see that tribe is like one of the tribes there. I haven't seen the second one yet. I Four kids oh, But he, but even in the first one When there are when there are tribes You only see for like Really briefly As one of the ones In that like In the first like um You know The, the meeting Yeah slash like like The scene. waterfall
1: scene Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah The waterfall mm-hmm. yeah
0: Where they're going to have the, the fight and he gets like deep panthered or whatever And yeah. then um, But even so Everyone from there Has like A distinctive aesthetic That is Runs through all of those people I And mean, then you can kind of See that in the mix When you see the city streets Oh yeah I, I am assuming either Ryan Johnson is really up and like, or is really open to um, either having a, a diverse hair and makeup crew who can, mm-hmm. who he can like talk to and assist him on like, well, how do we construct this character? Or Janelle Monet also would assume, because she, I mean, again, I don't know anything about Ooh. style, but <laughs> she is, I understand that Janelle Monet is, 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 is iconic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and even, again, when I see her, I'm I like, I'm all blown away. I don't, I don't know anything, but I'm so blown away. So I would also not be surprised if she was very up to... Like, if she was like, hey, here's the character. You know who she would idolize when she was a kid? Whitney. And she would look like this, and like she would maintain this, and that's part of her
1: character. Oh, yeah. I would totally buy that. Either way, kudos. Good. Yeah. And just a neat yeah. thing to to notice, just as you watch uh, films in the future, <laughs> just be like, you know, does everyone kind of look the same? For example, on TV, you may notice that actresses tend to have, if they're the protagonist especially, they tend to have that big beachy wave in their hair. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like their hair will be straight, but then it has like a very slight curl towards the bottom. Like they just went for a run on the beach and it lightly oh, curled sure. their hair. Yeah, That
0: you know means they just
1: sat in a makeup chair. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, hmm, everyone kind of looks the same versus in both... Knives Out and Glass Onion, everyone having an aesthetic that really showcases their character, but not in a way that doesn't ring true for the universe that they're in.
0: I just, I, my mind is reeling really now because I, so I just recently watched two movies that mm-hmm. this made me think of, um, which are, I will say, well, no, one of them is hundred percent white actors, but, <laughs> but, but, um, Jumanji. The, cool. the newer one. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle. The first of those two. Because I, I watched the original with my kids a while ago, and then they mm-hmm. realized there was a new one. Like, What's I was like, I haven't seen it yet. Sure, let's watch it. And and it's it's very fun. It's mm-hmm. got The Rock and Jack Black, who are oh, a yeah. very fun comedy partnership. And also... Um,
1: yeah, Kevin Hart and Karen Gillen, yeah?
0: Karen Gillen, yes, who plays... It was in Doctor Who and Kevin mm-hmm. Hart's... Ton of things, oh, yes. and also he and the Rock are very funny together. Oh the yeah. really, yeah, was very funny, <laughs> and um, and and I guess they're kind of they're kind of the, the comedy duo in here. But beforehand, when the when the teenagers before they got sucked into the game, and one of them is supposed to be you know the pretty popular girl, mm-hmm. and one of them is the nerdy girl, and I'm like that nerdy girl spends a lot of time on her hair that she says she doesn't care about. Yeah. Like, that's that is very coiffed.
1: Mm-hmm. and.
0: <laughs> You were talking about, though, showing the differences in character and the way hair is used for that. The mm-hmm. other movie I recently rewatched was Clue, ah,
1: which yes. is both,
0: I mean, one of the most fun movies ever. I love Clue. I'm a giant fan of Clue, another mm-hmm. good mystery movie uh, and a really good like, you know, Death in a Mansion spoof yes. on those movies <laughs> and the different uh women and their their aesthetics and especially how that works in their hair the um um Yvette who is the the maid uh and uh Mrs. White who has that bob mm-hmm. uh, um, and then uh, Miss Scarlet who is the you know temptress with her flowing reddish like her auburn hair mm-hmm. Uh, and then Miss Peacock, who was the senator's wife. Was there, and uh, yeah, uh, very much like their their hair is a giant part of their characterization. Yeah. And the, their style.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. I will
0: pay more attention to hairstyles. Yeah. This your
1: hair is your head tuxedo, according to Jack Donaghy <laughs> from 30 Rock. And I think that's so true. <laughs> and that's why mine always looks horrible. <laughs>
0: i was gonna say my hair is short yeah that's my style is very short hair that is that's the best you're I've got. about
1: you're about you know maintenance and upkeep and efficiency park yeah
0: P- pretty much yes uh, yeah can i can i shower in five minutes and then run out of the house to the thing i'm late to yes <sighs> enlightening minute thank you i i it's, is there anything else you think i have to say? I think
1: um, just that I am very jealous of Blanc's balcony. That looks like the coolest place. Oh yeah.
0: Ever. Oh, I should. The other <laughs> like mirror to this was that um, everyone, like all of the settings mm-hmm. where the, where someone gets a box, are very purposefully laid out, and I don't mean like they don't. They are that way by the by the by the director and set design yeah. and everything. But but they look like they're very purposefully laid out by the characters. Mm-hmm. Um the uh the 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 senator is mansion and uh you know the politician's house and the the movie star's party place mm-hmm. and the um sort of garage area where Duke gets hit. Like everything seems very like purposefully yeah. set up by them for a look. And Blanc's house, of course, is a giant mess, but his <laughs> yeah. balcony does seem like another place that is, but I I also think that it is very, um, it doesn't seem like it's that way for an aesthetic. That seems like a place where he goes to think.
1: Yes, He needs uh, that, like, open racetrack for his race car mind to right, just right, right. go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Somewhere to drive it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Amber. Ever, would you like to plug anything, any projects or social media?
1: So I am, as I mentioned previously, also on Knives Out Minute. Hilariously, I think my minutes there are the same ones that I am doing for Glass Onion, where I begin at <laughs> minute 71. So I, Ryan Johnson, I assume you are a big fan of this podcast. Uh, make sure for Knives <laughs> Out 3, minute 71 has something really cool, you know, through the rest of the minutes that I can come back and discuss then. Yeah. Otherwise, you can find me on the former bird app at AMBRRR. Yeah, just find me online. Let's chat about glass onion. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna exactly date this podcast
0: because it just became <laughs> X. It did. But what a What a great branding move. Yeah, well done.
1: Definitely. Business genius. We're, we're both <laughs> smiling and giving thumbs up and we need
0: it <laughs> i have in my notes don't forget to plug the shows i'm gonna say now x handle uh, at glass onion at glass onion Min, all one word please rate review subscribe to glass onion minute on your podcatcher of choice goodbye for now amber but we will see you tomorrow for our next minute minute 72
1: see you soon Bye.